All right, lads, welcome back to me podcast, Cheaper Than Therapy. Mick Thomas here. Hope you're doing well. Hope you're safe. Uh, cheers for liking, subscribing, sharing, tuning in. I uh, I really appreciate. Uh, straight to it. Join on me on the show. Joining me on the show. Uh, very funny guy. Very very funny. Funny comedian. Um, you need to check him out if you haven't seen him. My buddy, Mr. Nick Talelli, everybody. Hi, how's it going, Nick? How's it going? I'm doing all right, man. I'm hanging in there. I'm trying to, like I said, keep my mind in order. You know, it's been a heck for me. Yeah, man. What have you been up to? What have you been doing? Uh, fucking, I feel like Sarah Connor in Terminator 2. I'm just doing push-ups, <laughs> fucking, <laughs> flipping my bed upside down. I'm losing it, dude. Great analogy. <laughs> Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm starting, I, I bought some equipment to do a podcast too. I'm trying to get that up and going. It's just, I miss, you know, I miss, you know, I, I'm, I'm an extrovert. I like being out and about, you know, wheeling and dealing, fucking snapping my fingers, kissing babies. You know how it is. Yeah, man. Look, there's no excuse though for not having a podcast. You can go into the app like I have Anchor and I am the, anyone knows, like if you ask Mike Calcagno, comedian Mike Calcagno, how bad I am at technology, he'll just laugh at the question. Like he won't even, like yeah. I could figure out Anchor by myself, man. Uh, you can. Yeah, no, I believe you. And it's all all you got to do is, and you know, you just go up, do it 20 minutes a week. I only did this, I've only been doing because I've never started having guests on the show. That was my goal, was never to have guests. But I figured, you know what, let me get three episodes up a week now, which is fucking ridiculous. Um, Good for you, dude. But it forces me, man, to go find guys like you, to bring them in, to chat with them. And I think people, a lot of the response I've been getting have been fantastic that hey, you've got great chemistry with this person or I like what that guy was saying or this girl was saying. Um, and I just think it's it's another way to communicate with people, man. So I, I just think you should, especially you, the way you are, the way your mind works, is you definitely should have something out there, man. If you're just yelling into a void, it'll be good for you. No, I really think so too because I've just been calling up my ex and taking it out on her. So I think it'd be safer <laughs> <laughs> if I just do this. I yeah, agree man, with you. I- I wonder how much that's going on. People calling up exes and shit. And it's like, fuck, dude. It's it's honestly for me because I've been, you know, we're quarantined up. We broke up during the quarantine, I guess, for a couple of reasons. I guess we both just figured out how great our life was when we weren't together. And so that kind of ended things. And now I'm just horny as hell. And I'm like, I'm on Tinder, Bumble. I'm texting girls I used to date in high school. I And also... I got tested for COVID. I got tested negative. Did you really? Yeah. And uh, I just been screenshotting it, my e- email results, and just sending it to girls. I was like, hey, so what are you doing this weekend? You know, <laughs> thinking that would open it up. <laughs> you, you know what? You're a, I guarantee if you text them I had AIDS would be a better response. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know, it's funny. An ex I saw, she, she actually responded back. She goes, how about them HIV results? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're coming. They're coming. Relax. <laughs> Fuck man. Yeah. So when you had it though, how did you how did you feel? Like what were your symptoms? No, no, I didn't have it. I, I got tested because oh. my job, it was part of my job. They they wouldn't let anybody back unless we were tested. I mean, you know, they say they were tested. They probably just fucking wiped our nose and like, yeah, hey, you're clean. But you know. Yeah, or an excuse to stick a finger up your ass. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nick, it's time for a test. I know. Whoa, 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 whoa. You're supposed to use your dick. That's new. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so much. <laughs> I gotta say that ear swap is huge, Doc. <laughs> you know what's funny? Like I'm not dirty on this show, but immediately I go back. I immediately I go back when I'm talking to someone like you, you fucking filthy animal. Yeah, I really am a piece of shit, dude. I'm not gonna lie. But you, you, you know what's funny though, man? Too like when you said you're st- like, but are people willing to meet up on Tinder and Bumble and all that stuff? Like are are they like just? 
like I would just go. I would love to meet you, but this COVID thing has me locked in. It's a it's a weird finesse that needs to be going on. Um, I've I, you know I met up with a girl. We've I, I helped her walk her dog. That was real fucking fun. But she had her mask on the whole time, and it's oh, good God. I know it was kind of pathetic, but it, um, my roommates, two of my roommates, got laid throughout this quarantine. So with each other, yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, they they got. So I think it's possible. I know it's, one of them was an ER doctor that he slept with. So if she don't give a fuck, you know. But who was the doctor? Him or her? Her. Jesus Christ, man. Yeah. I, I mean, well, that, that's that that worries me. Then that maybe there's not as it's as much there's a lot going on behind closed doors about this COVID thing. Because if an ER doctor is willing to sleep with a random person, exactly. And he also has a handlebar mustache. So how concerned could she be about fucking germs? Oh, dude, you can't trust anyone with a fucking handlebar mustache. Why would you have that? Yeah, and he's deliberately Asian. double the fucking. No. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing about you, man, right? And, and, and this is like, this is going to start off insulting, but I'm going to bring it back around to a compliment. So don't hang yeah. up fucking crying about it. One of the things I like about you is, right? Uh, I, I don't like, first of all, you started on Long Island, right? And I remember at the Long Island clubs and for weeks you would walk in and I just don't have time for new guys, right? And not, not that I don't, like, I just want to worry about my own shit and new guys come and go. They very rarely stick around. And I just didn't want to, again, I don't need to get to know anybody anymore. I'll say hello, I'll do all that stuff. But I went into the back of the room and I watched you. And there's something, the thing I like about you, and kind of Dennis Rooney, who was on the show, comedian, and he's somewhat the same too, is you are so unlikable on stage. (laughs) Yeah. Right? Like I said, bear with me. You're so unlikable on stage. But yet you have no choice but to laugh. Meaning like everything is stacked against you. Your your posture, your demeanor, your body language, everything is like, yeah, I'm an asshole and I don't give a shit. But dude, your jokes are so fucking good that the audience has no choice but to laugh. And not everyone can pull that off. Yeah, no, it's, uh, I'll tell you, man, what happened was I just couldn't, I had to get good at joke writing because I couldn't change my personality. That's really what happened. So I was like, well, I don't want to be like this guy, so I might as well get funnier. And, uh, but, you know, also to your point uh, about being, um, being an asshole on stage and off, you, you, you have a wonderful gift where you're completely unlikable off stage, but on stage. <laughs> <laughs> I am a dick. I am a dick. I mean, I love that shit. That, I enjoy it. So even when... <laughs> We first met, and there was, an, there was, like, this part of you that was just like, yeah, I'm busy right now, mate. Why don't you go do your thing and eat your french fries before you're set? And I'm like, <laughs> and most people are like, you guys are a fucking asshole. I'm like, ah, something about him, though, right? Come on. <laughs> yeah, I do have a reputation, weirdly enough, of being, but the people who really know me, though, like, oh, that's fucking him. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's like, I, I always like busting balls, though. And, and uh it was done to me when I first walked into comedy clubs, like especially on Long Island, um, the older guys that used to be around, right? They were fucking ruthless. And they were, I was like, holy shit. Like any other profession, you're fired. Like you go straight to your HR department and they'd be like, wait, he said what? Yeah. Right? Like you're fired. But with us, man, and I, I got ripped apart, like fucking ripped apart. And I saw a guy who just, I don't like mentioning names, and he just found out that day that his wife left him. And the comics in the green room, and he was all like, he was holding back tears (laughs) before he set. 
and he obviously had to go on stage. He needed the fucking money because he's about to be divorced. But holy shit, man, they ripped into him. And I was like, all right, I guess it, if you now if you ever watch me in a green room when I don't rip into somebody, that means I don't like them. Yeah. That means like, like you know what? Fuck you. I don't want to waste my good jokes or energy trying to get to know you or toughen you up so that you and I can go on the road one day and hang. Like, if I don't do that with somebody, then I'm like, fuck you. Yeah, I don't like you. No, absolutely. I'm, I'm kind of the same way, to be quite honest. Like, uh, otherwise, I don't even want to waste my time with somebody because it is a camaraderie. I mean, it sounds, I mean, this is how dramatic it's going to sound because we're like soldiers in the field, man. But, you know, it's kind of, in a sense, it's kind of true. We're going up against a crowd of people who, who I, in my gut instinct, always go, they're ready to not like you and be better than you. And so you have that energy up, stacked up against you. So everyone in that green room, you kind of got the jitters. You're, you're fucking hitting everybody like, let's fuck. It's the same way. You know, guys before a basketball game start fucking hitting each other's chest and punching around to get themselves ready for the mayhem that's going to happen in a few minutes, you know? Yeah, that that's some audience are like that. Some audience, like, immediately are out there like, I right, fucker, entertain me. Yeah. Like, but then some audiences, and they're the best ones, the ones that go with it and go, all right, let's fuck, you do your part and I'll do mine. Like, if you fucking tell jokes, I promise you I will laugh. I will go along with you. But if you try fuck us over with hack shit. Yeah. Or if you try fuck us over and you're not funny, then we're go- like the uh, the honest audience are the best. Like that's the, they'll they let you know if a joke is shit, and they'll let you know if a joke is good, and if a joke is great. Like they can fucking make your they can make your week, man. You can go home and not fucking fall into a pit of depression, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, based on how good and and, and then you get some audiences go out there. The body language is off, or let's say we were on a fundraiser. They're there, they're there just to raise money for the fucking seven year olds playing baseball. They don't give a shit about comedy. Um, but I remember, but to your point though, I, I just think that those kind of that kind of atmosphere, that like that like you know that nervousness. That's where I think the like where you're in the green room where you're busting balls and you're kind of cheering each other up. We're making it feel like it's gonna be fuck it, whatever. We're all just hanging out anyway. Kind of vibe came from. And it's off-putting when I don't meet people who are like that. To me, I don't know about you. Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of the same too. But so, like, if you go out on stage, right? It's like, all right, now it's my turn. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go out real quick and see how. Like, and we're all in the green room waiting for you to come back out. Like, well, did you suck? Or did yeah, you, like, yeah. Right? Wasn't that woman up front a fucking bitch? And you're all waiting for everyone else's review of the audience, almost. Yeah. Right? Like, sometimes you'll be there in the crowd and you're walking and the fart, like, you open the door and the comic walks out like, fucking hell, that bitch right up front. Where? Stage right with the fucking, oh, I'll show her when I go out. And now all of a sudden, like, this person doesn't yeah. know we're fucking verbally ripping <laughs> yeah, her apart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Completely. Completely. You know, I, I remember one time I was up and, and, like, like a lot of pushback you will get to are from, like, guys who are out with girls, right? And they don't want their girl laughing at a guy. Do you know, like the gel, like I remember I was, there was some work party to the stage, right? I, I, I don't want to mention the club just in case it comes back. Um, but I walked up and it was like 10 girls and one guy at the table and they're all in suits, right? So it was obviously some fucking office yeah. party. And uh, I, whatever, I was like seven, eight, nine minutes in, like, and I was, just, everything was working. I was giving the hits. I wasn't doing anything new. And uh, the guy at the table, the one guy amongst all those girls wasn't laughing. And that annoyed me. I don't know why it annoyed me. But I turned to him and I go, mate, let me get it. Like, I said, don't worry. He said, I'll be done soon. 
I said, I can get off and you can go back to making these girls laugh by quoting Anchorman quote, by doing Anchorman Beautiful. quotes. And all the girls were pointing at him like, yeah, you do that. <laughs> like, this guy is used to being the funny guy and then he gets fucking hit and he can't stand that these girls are laughing at professionals. That's fucking, you know that I mean? was a perfect thing to pull out too, Anchorman, because that is what they only do. It's the officer Anchorman oh. and they just repeat that shit and think they're hilarious. Man, I nearly got into an argument coming home on the on the train one day from the city. I was taking an acting class, and I'm coming out, and the Rangers had lost, and everybody the, on the train is fucking miserable, heads down. They're drunk, right? The Long the the Long Island Rangers, the New yeah. York Rangers, and uh, one guy was drunk, and he's just quoting Anchorman, and everybody starts to die Ugh. laugh. Now I'm losing my shit. I'm like, he's not even doing it yeah. right. Like, I was like, I was like, how dare you give him those laughs for free? How dare you give him those laughs like, for I free? He was like, I just came from an acting class and my teacher told me. <laughs> <laughs> I had to cry. I had to bury my child, my imaginary child. That's hilarious. But, but um, going back to what you said, though, right? Like what you've done so already, which is very rare, you've found your voice immediately like you're like yeah i'll be the asshole right away and you learned how to do it and you know how rare that is to go up and find your voice like right away and say this is the guy i want to be yeah yeah no it uh i, I definitely i understood it but it, it, it came from actually like high school and and life after that like a little bit after that because that's when i started comedy when i was like 23 was uh you know i, I didn't know how to not be myself i was like one of those kids who's like try my best at first you try to be other people and see how that works like oh i'll be a gangster sure, sure. Or i'll try it and none of it it felt i felt fraudulent even then and then so immediately yeah. like that's when i started be like you know what i'm just gonna say exactly what i feel like and work from there and then you just learn to become a little bit more charming with it and then when stand-up happened i was like oh I, I i picked up on on the same thing immediately i was like oh, you're trying on a shoe that doesn't fit. Try wearing your shoes and then seeing if you can make them look nicer so the audience gets on board. And that's how I, I started doing it. And, you know, when I started figuring out, of course, the fucking lockdown takes place and uh, all my yeah, five years of yeah. work, so who knows what I'll be after this. But, yeah, man, you had a good stride, too. <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But uh, I appreciate that's a tremendous compliment, man. I, I really, I really mean, I mean that. But thank you. No, it is, man, and that's one of the reasons why I kind of like gravitated towards you, and 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 you know, I because I, when the new guy, I don't, I don't really watch a lot of new guys. I don't go into the room and watch because I'm either going over my own set, listening to a set, whatever. And I just like there's you. I go into the room, I watch you. I'm like, fuck, man, this guy's like you're just like fearless. And and even when there's a guy up, front, I remember I don't even know you you remember the club and there was a guy up front man he was fucking just an asshole interrupted everybody said I hadn't gone up yet, but you fucking like four guys had went up and like it ruined their sets for him, and I remember you just going up and you fucking turned the his whole group against him like it was fucking oh, great thanks, man yeah you know. But the thing about being like like that asshole and and that that fucking like you being yourself. Who, before you got into comedy, who's your favorite comedian or comedians? I would, uh, I think I would have to say, you know, pretty much everyone on like the Opie and Anthony circuit would be like, you know, uh, Jim Norton, Bob Kelly, DePaulo, Burr. Um, but when it came to just being an asshole, weirdly enough, everyone asked me who's my comedic influence is because I was always into like insulting the shit out of people. I, I, I think about. Right. Eminem, as weirdly as that sounds. Oh, uh, no, that's good, you know, man. Like, I, I, even now, I'm just like, I, I see some of his diss tracks, and I'm like, oh, he got you, you stupid... And that makes me laugh more, 
You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and and I think that's kind of what brought me to that place, uh, you know, as I was growing up. Yeah, because to go up though on stage and be totally like authentic like that, like because I remember when I started, I, I three years in before I started kind of maybe having a because I did the guy with the fucking like the backpack who came from another country and look how big your buildings are. And you say this and we say this, like I know comics man from, from other countries who've lived in the States for 20 something years. And that's still their act. I'm like, how are you doing that to yourself? Yeah. How are you, you know what I mean? And then, then I just like, I, 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 and it worked, you know what I mean? And then I was this asshole off stage and people are like, Wait, what? How the fuck are you this smiley, delightful foreigner who's, you know, can't read a map. And now all of a sudden, when you come off stage, you're like telling me to go fuck my mother. Yeah. Like it's, <laughs> who's dead, by the way. Yeah. It's like, you know what I mean? Ah, go fuck your dead mother. Like, like how you wanted the same. And then it just took took a while for me to go like, fuck it. I, I'm done with the buildings. I'm done with the accents. I'm done with the, you say this, we say that shit. Yeah. And like for you to get it right away, man, like you don't understand how many years you shaved off doing comedy. Like of, of like that, that climb to wherever... Wherever the destination yeah. is, right? Whatever the end end result is, you you shaved off about fuck. I would say at least four or five wow, years. Thanks, I, I appreciate it. By doing that, yeah, you know? I never thought uh, being such a dickhead would pay off. I guess uh, you know, no, but I no, but I, I agree with you because I think also come some of it comes from talking with girls. Like me and my friends always say, there's other comics coming up. How it's it's the same thing when you think about it. When you talk to a girl and you need to be able to have that communication. And figure out how you could be you, say certain things, get away with it, and then sleep with her. I mean, you're kind of doing <laughs> the same shit, but it's a numbers game. And so I think also too, once you stop, once you stop being afraid of not getting laid and looking like an asshole, and you think I give a fuck about what a, a 35 year old man who's a, a, a plumber in Long Island cares about me? I can give a shit. You know, I've had the hottest girls in the world tell me I'm a fucking short loser. What are you gonna ruin my day with something? <laughs> and I, I, I really think that makes a difference, you know, and it's learning how to be, take a loss like that and be like, fuck it. You know, what's funny, man. It's like, I try to explain that to people. And we were talking earlier about the green room stuff. Like I, I didn't chime in, but like, I never get nervous. Right. Before I go on stage ever. Now I get concerned. Like I'll sit in the back of the room and go, fuck me. Look at these are a bunch of drunk assholes. This is yeah. going to suck. Or, or you wait, you're paying me how much money for this show? Fuck me. I got to. And they're not even expecting the comedian. So, like, I'm getting paid, like, you know, a ridiculous amount of money. Now, and they're not even expecting the cost. It's, the, it's a, the worst scenario for me because it's like I have to be that amount of $1,000 good. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah, wow. and, and they don't even want to see yeah. a comedian. Like, it's, right? So, you're like, fuck. So, like, that's not, but that's not nerves. That's like, oh, this is not going to yeah. go well. You know what I mean? That that's but that's more of like concern, but it's never nervous. And going back to what I mean, a totally different fucking. I used to be a fighter, as you know, and uh, I I got knocked out in front of four thousand people in Germany. Right? That's yeah, embarrassing. Sweet. And I always thought, like, if someone's gonna laugh at my fucking joke, like that fat plumber on Long Island, like you said, exactly. Who gives a fuck. Exactly. The only time I would ever get nervous is when. I have like either family coming or the management squad wants to watch oh. me. And that, and oh, I'm just like, because oh, then you're like, you're in your head. You want to get ahead with this guy. And then you start thinking like that. But it, it, it fucks me up. So I do. I'll tell you what really ruined me when I was first starting out. It was like I was like nine months in the comedy. I had friends come and see me. 
And I had friends come the week before and I just did well. I don't know how, you know, back like when you really start, you're like, I don't even know how this is working, but it's working. So I'm like, <laughs> all right, I'll, do, I'll invite them. It went well the first time it happened again. And I decided to riff something uh, that, uh, that I thought of. And I, I think I said it on a mic once and it worked at an open mic with like fucking seven comedians who were really paying attention. So, you know, shows how much I knew about things. And it was the week Trump won. Right. And in, okay. it was uh, it was like a Thursday. The city was all dull. So we're all we're at the stand. And I brought all my friends and they were like, I'll stay. You stay at my place, you know, and then we'll hang out with what's your name? I'm like, yeah, bring Lisa. I'm telling bring all these girls. I'm going to do well. Let me hang out with these girls. Everyone's getting laid. Right. That's my mindset. And then I go up and uh, I go, hey, guys, how do you feel about Trump winning? And it was like, oh, oh, oh. I'm like, I get it. I get it. <laughs> I'm like, listen, you know, everyone has a lot to think about. You know, everything's changed. We all have a lot to think about. You know, gay people have a lot to think about. Minorities have a lot to think about. But white people, we have a lot to think about, too. Like, we got to figure out what kind of slave we want. And it, it bombed so badly. And I was just, I'm like, come on, guys. Huh? You know, nothing. And I didn't know how to escape something like that. And... <laughs> And so this is my comedic instincts up front. I go up front to the, there's a black guy in the front. I'm like, help me out, black guy. <laughs> he takes a sip of his beer, puts it down and goes, nope. It got the biggest laugh. <laughs> and I, it, dude, I started my set like that. I had seven minutes left. I, I just could not escape. It was the most embarrassing, cringeworthy experience of my entire life. And then the worst part is, I don't just go home. I already made plans to go sleep over their house afterwards. So I'm stuck with everybody. It was one of the worst times of my entire life. Fuck, man. Like, like th that bomb, the one bomb I got that really affected. Well, I've had two. One is curious to me why, why I, it affected me. And the other one was just fucking just uh, devastating. And the first one was... It was around St. Patrick's weekend, obviously, and I was on the way to uh, Uncle Vinny's in New Jersey, and I was headlining there. It's going back years, and uh, he calls me up for a private. The owner of Uncle Vinny's goes, "Hey, I got a private gig for you on the way. It's like six o'clock in the afternoon. You run in, you do a half hour set, you get out, you get up, you get paid, and you come straight to the club and close out the club." Yeah. And I go, "Perfect." Drive to the club, right? I was told to do twenty minutes, no bad language, nothing like yeah, you got it. Packed 450 people in these like ballroom setting, like a wedding type setting, right? And what it was was an Irish event. So you had pipers and bagpipes and, you know, Irish dancers and all that shit. So I go up and uh, I do 20 minutes. Mate, killed. Like fucking killed it, right? Like, oh, great. So I walk back to the table to get paid and I got to walk through the ballroom. And I sit at the table while the woman's writing out a check for me. And a guy to the table next to me turns around and he goes, hey, hey, Mick. I go, yeah. He goes, an older guy. He goes, you're the worst comedian I've ever seen. Now, I, my set was that good that I was like, guys, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I get it. Like, yeah, better look next time. Like, that's how good the set was. He's like, no, seriously, wasn't he? And he said, everybody, come here. Wasn't he the worst? And they were like, just <laughs> let it go. And he, he goes like, and he goes, no, seriously, I've been doing this for seven years. You're the worst I've ever seen. I'm like, all right. And then I was like, uh, so I got the check and I left. And that bothered me the whole way there. And maybe four or five years later, I'm still talking about it. Now, because I was like, I'm going to get to Uncle Vinny's. My set tonight's going to fucking suck. It didn't. I had a great set. But it just, it always, that one guy out of 400, the other 449 people who loved it, 
That one guy still fucking You're haunts a real me piece to this of day. Shit, you know that? I, I, because that is the I kill. I'd why? love to have a story like that haunt me. You had a crowd kill, and then you got paid <laughs> afterwards. And one fucking Irish asshole said you kind of sunk. You're a dickhead, bro. I had to be stuck with Lisa. Yeah, fucking. I thought I was getting blown, and she won't even answer me anymore if I see her in life. You're a fucking. Pe- I'm like, ooh, what stories he's got? Oh, bro, it was miserable. I killed and got paid. Whoa, 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 all right, man. Fucking. <laughs> <laughs> but the other one, the other one is there was this big. Uh, I was supposed to do 15 minutes in front of. It was at Caroline's Comedy Club. And I was supposed to do 15 minutes in front of executives from a certain Oof. TV network, like a big three, three letter network. Right? Now <laughs> I was like, it was what it was a big three letter one, right? One of the low <laughs> numbers. Uh, so I go up, I'm like, well, they're going to love me. We're all in suits, right? They're, why wouldn't they love me? I'm there for them to raise money for them. Right. And then all of a sudden I go up on stage. My opening joke is about immigration guy up front suit guy fucking or a tuxedo you know in his 60s wife next to him made up in a, in a gown i do that joke wow boo so he says to me i go excuse me he goes boo sir i said boo i go wait you're gonna boo me i'm here for you at your benefit and then i look over to the wall my man is <laughs> like doing the cultural thing like get off get like just leave it and i'm like no fuck it like i'm no i'm here i came i'm gonna finish i ate it for the Jesus full 15 Christ. minutes the full 15 minutes to the point when I got off stage, I was like, I got to call call the car. I'm <laughs> yeah, getting right. out of here to the green room was swamped with people really? apologizing. Like, we're so sorry. Yeah. He had made it so uncomfortable for everybody that didn't even want to laugh. It was fucking horrendous. And that that's one that affected me. I got the drive to get their, 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 their car service from this network executives who took me home where I didn't even want to talk to the guy. I sat in the back like a fucking spoiled asshole sulking the whole way. And my phone died. So I couldn't even like look at anything to fucking, I couldn't even look yeah, at like, exactly. the internet and escape exactly. down that Pretend fucking loophole. Somebody important. Oh my God. A boo you can't not address too, because yeah. when a boo happens, that's like, and it from one person and a tuxedo, I, uh, that's shaking me a little bit. But when, like when I thought booze went away, like, after yeah, really? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I really did. I really did like that. He puts the thumb out, up or down, up or down, and they go, they go up. Yeah. And he puts it down, whatever, boo, or whatever. Or the fucking guy begs for forgiveness, and it's like fucking boo. I never heard. No, I was gonna say, Christopher, a boo to happen has to be such a purposeful. Like he was ready to say, "Go fuck yourself." Like he didn't probably even listen to your joke. He just didn't like you immediately. Yeah, he heard yeah. the word immigration. Didn't listen to what my angle was on it. Didn't listen to like a foreigner's opinion on it. Like like I was being racist towards foreigners. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he just Oof. fucking he booed me. I'm like, yeah, you know what? That's that affects well, yeah, me. Network that hurt my soul. Kill me too. Yeah. Jeez. I was like, yeah, fuck it. You get those shots, and then it's like, yeah, well, there's that one. I'll never be, I'll never be, I'll never see that show. Everyone loves Mick. <laughs> yeah, that exactly. show's not coming out this fall. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, though, for real though, I, I I almost enjoy like the one thing I like about coming to the city a lot is that there's these little piece of shit shows. Those have become my favorite shows. Because I like that aggression that some people might have. Like, there's shows in the Bronx and in, uh, in Brooklyn, like where I live in Bed-Stuy, where you have people 
who are just they're ready to pounce on you and i i almost really enjoy that kind of thing because in a bigger show you know you tell your jokes you, you say your thing and that's great i love that too but something about a little a little back and forth a little a little like uh what's the word i, I little banter, banter a little uh, I'm, I only have like a vocabulary of four words in my head. I can't even think uh, like, you know, a little, what's the, you know, we're tension. Yeah. A little bit yeah, of ambiguity. <laughs> it's a little tension. And I like that a little bit because it makes it more personal to me. And then, and then going into jokes, I like someone to be like, fuck you. I go, fuck you back and, and your shoes and then your wife. And then it becomes like, speaking of wifey, I know yours is ugly, but let me tell you about this. And then you can just do it. I love, that makes me, I love, that's like the best part of comedy to me, you know? Yeah, that. But that's that's. But that's your wit. That's your alleyway. Then, like, if that's what you like, man. Like, it's fucking. Like, you know, it's funny. I, I knew a guy on, on Long Island. He goes, "You want to come out to the bar shows?" I'm like, "Why?" He's, "Oh man, it makes you tougher." Yeah, but like, do I want to be tougher? Like, do I want to be the guy that that goes to do late night television but complains because there's no one shouting abuse at me in the corner? Yeah. Like, I don't want to get that good where yeah. I want to fight people. You know what I mean? And I know what you're saying too. Yours isn't like that. But like I, I went, I saw you once in that one place in the city that I tagged Oof, along. Yeah, that was another one. Um, it was like, it looked <laughs> yeah, like a yeah, living yeah. room in the back of a bar. And I tell you, man, I fucking loved it. I just, I, lo- I was dreading going up there. I was like, I, I don't, I haven't done something like this because I'm a club guy, theater guy. And I'm like, I don't know, like I've been away from this too long that when I went, when I watched you, do, you went up before me, I think maybe a comic or two before me. And like, I would have given like that's the strongest guy wow. here tonight. It was definitely the the comfort level you had. And I sat over to the like uh, I guess adjacent to the stage, kind of watching because you know it was everyone's on top of each other. And I was like, "Fuck me, that guy is the toughest guy here tonight." And then I went up and I I tried to do, and what I did I was I was lucky. I kind of like I dressed like, "Hey, yeah. isn't this uncomfortable, everybody?" Here's a joke, and but it was like. And I got away with it. I, I tricked them. But yours was fucking real, man. Yours, you, you were in the moment. That was the night. Like, that was just, that was your crowd, man. And I was like, fuck it. If you can get, get away with that, like, not even get away with that, but if you can perfect that, like, you do, you will become one of those, like, those fucking oh, heavy hitters that, man. fast, I hope man. So. You know what I mean? Because, like, because, because people can, like, someone can see that on stage, that fearlessness. Do you know what I mean? Like right, like when you watch a new guy up there and he's good and he's nice and he's a good joke writer, but then when you watch them shrink, like they first, the second joke, first joke does well, uh, second joke doesn't, third joke bombs, fourth joke is just as shit. Now they yep. shrink on stage, right? And there's a way to let that can either swallow you up for the night or you can go fuck it. Here's what I'm doing now, and you can just like switch it change gears and you know how to handle it, man. And that's, that's what you can oh, I do. I it, watch man. you yeah. do that. And it, it, you know, it's only because the only options I really had were to perform in, you know, a bunch of living rooms, actual fucking living rooms in New York city. So, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's the way I picked it up. It's, uh, I'm lucky, I guess in some ways, I don't know. So what are your plans now though, that you're locked up, uh, creativity wise, I mean, are you just fucking just going with the flow, uh, waiting for it to open, or do you have any yeah, I've, uh, pokers like and I any said, fires? Me and my roommates, I, I live with two comedians, so uh, we started a podcast and we're trying to, you know, bring some structure and order into it because you know, you got three people going on and it, you know, no, they're not really used to I actually started out in radio, believe it or not, I didn't do comedy right away, and so I, uh, okay. we're, we're all trying to meet into like a middle place, this, but it, we released some podcasts. I mean, well, we're going to release some podcasts this week. 
So uh, that's my next, that's, you know, pretty much what I'll be doing until this is all over. You know, hopefully it's uh, over soon enough. I really miss getting on stage, but we'll see. You know. Yeah, I see it ending uh, sooner rather than later, to be honest with you. I think they're starting to do What's soft opens. And I think comedy. Uh, yeah. I'd say the summertime, they might do something uh, half capacity, yeah. I think. You know, I think they might do half capacity, every other table apart. Um, you know, some places won't really abide by that, so it'll overstock. So you might have, you might have show A, show B. Like the A group goes in first, and then the, the uh, B group goes in. Yeah, or that makes sense. You know what I mean? So you, you have two shows. The turnover is more. You do like uh, let's say if it's a Friday night and some clubs only do one show, they might do two shows. Yeah. They might do seven o'clock, nine o'clock. Uh, half the audience, so you can go. Which show do you want to go? You know what I mean? Not necessarily an early and late show, but show A, show B. Like I think the late show will go away um, for a while, anyway. And then, then I think by the yeah, end of the I year, it should so, be man. all back to I normal. I really do. I get nervous with all this, you know. You know, but but anyway, Nick, tell uh, tell everybody where they can where they can find you, especially with your podcast. Yeah, please. Uh, uh, like you're so. gonna follow me on Instagram at Nick Tolelli, N I C K T I L L. E-L-I. And uh, I put everything on there. So whenever I have a podcast coming up next week, you'll be able to download everything right through my Instagram. So, uh, yeah. And Nick, thanks for having me, man. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad you got a chance to come on. I'll definitely, uh, I'll definitely have you on again. Maybe next time I think I might put you on with uh, another comic and we'll see if us have a nice banter session. Uh, yeah. Now that we got the personals out the way. Uh, <laughs> all right, everybody. So, Nick, thanks so much, man, right, for tuning in, and I'll talk to you real soon, buddy. All right, big one. All right, everybody, thanks so much for listening. Any comments, concerns, questions, uh, send them to my Instagram, uh, Mick Thomas Comedy, in the messages there, and I will get back to you either personally or publicly. Thanks so much for uh, tuning in, sharing, liking, subscribing. And as always, guys, uh, wash your hands, you dirty fuckers. Take care of yourselves now. Good luck to you. Good luck.